to the Converge podcast. This is part two of a two-part series that we're doing on different tones to use with different people at different times. My name is Steve. My name is Nate. And thanks for joining us for this today. Here's a big thing with wolves that I think gets a lot of pastors and hired hands in trouble is they don't want to believe that wolves lie about their intentions. Mm. And so this goes back to the cunningness of wolves. Mm -hmm. If you are not a person who has some discernment and realize that whatever this person is saying, the words that they're saying, they may be lying, just straight up lying about what they believe about their intentions. You're not going to be able to protect the flock. And I mean, Jesus even talks about this, Matthew 7, 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. That's an incredibly deceptive person. Yeah, and I'm no more gonna because you know the biggest thing is be winsome and nuanced in yeah. your approach, and it's just like you're, I'm no more gonna be nuanced with a wolf than I am with somebody that's breaking into my house in the middle of the night. Negotiations are off at yeah. that point. I got to take you out. Another one, Paul said Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, right? But then he says, so do wolves. I think mm-hmm. this is really important for people to see. 2 Corinthians 11, 12 through 15. And what I am doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission, they work on the same terms as we do. That's interesting that he talks about, I'm trying to undermine these false teachers. It says, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. I have seen so many leaders, and then it trickles down to the people under them, that just struggle with this, this idea that people lie. People lie all the time. Yeah, and I might be jaded, you know, um, I, you know but the, the fact of the matter is everyone lies. And so if you take whatever people say to you at face value, you, you're just being stupid. Not going to make you're it. You're just a stupid sheep. You're just being dumb. You got to realize that people lie. When people are confronted with their own sin, there's a default mode because of the radical corruption going on inside of them to lie to you. But wolves are not going to come in and say, hey, just so you know, I'm going to try to influence your church with <laughs> false doctrine. I'm going to hey. try everything that you believe. I'm going to come in and do the opposite of that. And I'm going to try to lead as many of your people astray as I possibly can. That's not what wolves do. Wolves come in, they're going to butter you up. Yeah. They're going to say, oh my goodness, this is just the best church. This is a church I've always been looking for. Yeah, it is the church they've always been looking for because they're going to try to eat it up. They're going to try to consume everything and everyone that they can. Um, sometimes not even with false doctrine. Sometimes just because that they are someone who is a complete narcissist. Uh, someone who wants to make life all about them. And they're not going to come to you uh, with false teaching. They're just going to come to you with disunity. They're going to come to you with backbiting. They're going to come to you with gossip. And it's just to, to just because they get a thrill off of those things. Well, that person's still a wolf. And you have to be careful. When pastors just take everything that people say at face value, and don't and Larry Crabb uh, taught this in a great book. Uh, I don't know if it's still in print, but it's called Soul Talk. I don't know if it's still called that even. Uh, sometimes they change the title, but I read it <laughs> years ago. Uh, it's probably, whereas communicating with people of the church, one of the most helpful books I've ever read because it, it teaches this principle of think beneath what someone is saying to what they mean. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people don't say what they mean, but if you listen, you can boil it down to what they really mean. And that takes a great deal of discernment. And you have to look at everybody in your life, the what they're saying, and kind of say, is there any deception? 
in what you're trying to tell me? Are you trying to obfuscate an issue in your life with me? Because people will do this even subconsciously, but with a wolf, they're doing it on purpose. And we've seen a lot of wolves over the years. And they'll, you know, they'll tell you that they're seeking truth. They'll tell you that they're not going to spread false doctrine. You know, they'll tell you, you know, they'll say and say and say and say. And some pastors, you know, I hate to say it this way, but you're so soft-handed and you're so gullible and you're so naive. You should have never been trusted with flock in the first that place. I've heard so many times is, well, we have to take them at their word. No, we don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're a pastor. That's your yeah. job. It's just like, I, you know, it's just so funny. I don't know where people got taught that, but I never got taught that. And so I'm glad I never got taught We can't assume that. their motives. Yeah. I assume everybody's <laughs> yeah, motives. Gonna, you have to, to let be a good you, shepherd. I, every, let me tell you, and I think a lot of people know this about me, but the second any new person starts talking to me, I'm sizing you up. I'm trying to tell, is this person lying to me? Is this person telling the truth to me? What do I think this person's motives are? You have to do that just to make it in yeah. the world, but doubly so if you're going to be any type of a leader worth anything. If you take everything everyone says at face value, you're just asking for it. You're wreckish, your church. This is a quote from Wood, Wood's article. Hired hands are cowards. They don't want the hardship which would come from correcting, and thus they tolerate subtly destructive teaching. Jesus contrasts this with the good shepherd who lays down his life. Right, and that's what you have to be willing to do. And, you know, and I think sometimes people have a tough time inside of the life of the church applying that. And it's like, look, I understand that you're trepid, but if you're not a pastor, you're not required to do a lot of the things that we are. Yeah. But you are required to not get in our way. <laughs> and that's one thing that a lot of sheep have done over the years is tried to get in our way of actually leading the church of Jesus Christ. And that's what I mean by hits. I tell you, when I expose a wolf and I get a wolf out of here, I don't consider that a hit that I took. I don't care. Even yeah. if they walk out cussing my name the day that I yeah. was born, that doesn't affect me at all. The hits that I talk about are when well-intentioned sheep, but sheep who are a little bit ignorant on the issues of leadership, yeah. try to stand in the way of you dealing with a wolf. That that's something that actually yeah. hurts. And we've had a lot of people do that over the years. But look, if you're the type of person that only sees the bright side, if you're the type of person that is naive, yeah. if you're the type of person, and let's be honest, have people taken advantage of you in your life? Have you been gullible? You know, have you been lied to and taken? Do not look at us and tell us we have to take what everybody says at face value because you're wrong. What you need to do is actually get out of the way. Because be, since you aren't responsible for a lot of the things that we're responsible for, you need to understand that you don't understand everything that we understand. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the last thing that I would want to say about wolves is that pastors who are afraid to put out wolves, ultimately what they often struggle with is they just want to be liked by everyone. Mm -hmm. And you can't be a pastor and be like that. And I would say even to the point of, You've, and, and you just alluded to it, and I think this is absolutely true. As a pastor, you need to be proud of putting out a wolf mm -hmm. because you're serving Christ. You need to embrace that. It's not even, and I know some people aren't going to like us saying this, it's not a begrudging thing. It's not a, oh, I hate that I have to do this. Now, some of the things that go along with that are obnoxious, mm -hmm. but I am glad when God puts me in a position to be discerning enough to see a wolf and to take it out to protect the sheep. Pastors have got to embrace that joyfully 
you got to be, you can't just be, you can't just let it happen. You got to embrace it. It's kind of like if you are out in the wilderness with your family and an apex predator, you know, let's say yeah. some, some type of yeah. bear tries to attack your family. Let's say, you know, I don't know that I'm going to be able to kill a bear with my bare hands. I like to think pretty positively <laughs> of my strength, yeah, don't, but don't I don't know that. that I could do that. But let's say whether it's not through a weapon that I had, but I'm able to protect my family. I'm able yeah. to kill the bear. And I'm, let me tell you something. I'm going to call a taxidermist as fast as I can, <laughs> and I'm taking that carcass home, and we're mounting that bad boy somewhere because yeah. I'm going to tell everybody I defended my family yeah. and I took the predator out. Pastors, you have to understand, you should be proud when you take wolves you out. You should like it when bad people don't like you. Yeah, absolutely. But because here's the thing. Do you understand when you take out, when somebody who is a false teacher, is weary of you. And I, I know that some of them, man, my name just bristles them. But when when that happens, that's something to brag about. That's something to be proud of. That's something to tell people because you have no idea the pain that you saved yourself later yeah. because you've protected people from false teachers. Yeah. So if you just want to be thought of well by everyone all the time and you don't have a category of, I want to, you know, we do want to be thought of well by the sheep, by people we are witnessing to. And that's to. what that text means. Right. Both but believing and unbelieving If you sheep. want that to apply to everyone and you're a pastor, you're very much in danger of becoming a pastor who is a fool, mm -hmm. which leads us to that last category. Yep. You know, our culture, and here's, here's the problem with, full, with fools and wolves. You need to have more hope for fools than you do wolves. But you need to understand that the level of just wrecking a wolf can do, the bad things a wolf can do, a fool can do it. And so that's why we've got to understand the category of fools, is that in our culture, a lot of people who in times past have been seen as kind of seeking, unbelieving sheep, they've become fools uh, because they don't want to learn. Because here's the deal. Here's what we don't want to admit. A lot of people don't admit. They've bought into a false religion. Right. We've actually, unfortunately, seen uh, parents uh, that are faithful followers of Jesus Christ through some type of influence in their children's lives. Their children have become fools. And you run the risk of becoming a fool if you won't deal with it in an appropriate way. A lot of people, because their kids have bought into the religion of LGBTQ. And here's yeah. what I need everybody to understand. It is a religion. Demonic one. It is from demons. Their kids have joined the cult. Their kids have left the faith. Their kids have bought wholesale into the religion of LGBTQ. Do not change your posture towards it. Talk negatively about it. Reject it. Tell your children that they are wrong. Tell your children that they are not Christians. That's the only hope of becoming Christians that they have. But the problem that I see is that parents think that the answer is to pacify foolishness. And that's not the way Scripture tells us to deal with foolishness. The thing to think about with fools is just because you don't mean bad things doesn't mean you can't hurt people. Yeah. And that's happening all over the place in our culture. Yeah, right and, and just because you didn't have an intention of hurting someone doesn't mean someone didn't get hurt. Yeah. And when someone gets hurt, you need to understand that whatever caused that pain needs to be dealt with. And we have, as an evangelical church where the universal church is concerned, we have a problem is, is that we're seeing 
multitudes of people getting hurt, but nobody wants to deal with the source of the pain, and that is foolishness. Yep. So scripture has a lot to say about fools. Um, there's a type of fool that intentionally opposes God's truth, and that's more of a wolf. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there is also another type of fool that scripture, and this is really what we're talking about here, that scripture talks about as the simple minded. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a person who, um, it doesn't mean they're always dumb, but in this area, yeah, whatever area we're talking about. We also kind of need to say, we know that being called simple, <laughs> right. being called a fool, right. we know that that doesn't feel good. Talking about in context of this but, particular But here's topic. the deal. There's nothing we can do to make that feel good. Yeah. I don't think God wants it to feel good. And the reason he doesn't want it to feel good is because this is a rebuke yeah. from God that you need to change. Yeah. I mean, just to use the example we're talking about, if you are believing the lies of the gender ideology, LGBT agenda, you're a fool. Yeah. You're, it's and, dumb. I, and I know that many people who have in the past called Village Church home, I know that some people who uh, just have attended, I know that some people uh, who would say they love us and what we stand for, they say, but but you can't take this tone because my children. You can't take this tone because my son. You can't take that tone because my daughter. What you don't understand is your refusal to take this tone is actually what's going to end with them going to hell with no warning is that you're seeking to pacify your child rather than save your child. And there's a lot, Scripture has a lot to say about this. Can I have a gentle tone with people who are foolishly hurting people? It's Proverbs mm-hmm. 14, 15. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Proverbs 14, 18. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Proverbs 10, 23. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. Proverbs 28, 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Proverbs 27, 12, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Yeah, and, and you know, there's 15 instances in Proverbs with the word simple, and every one of them denote those who are easily led astray. And we know that a lot of people in our culture, I know that a lot of people in families, I know that a lot of friends, a lot of coworkers, a lot of company leadership are being led astray to the agenda of what has become really the fastest growing false religion in our country. But understand, you don't have to be a fool. You don't have to be simple. You don't have to just go the direction of fools because the scriptures are very clear. The end is going to be destruction. The end is going to be suffering. The end is going to be hardship. And our culture is getting so degenerate that the line between fool and wolf, it is getting very blurry. And it's because there are wolves consuming fools, turning them into into wolves. Yeah. And so this is where a lot of discernment is needed and why the, the right tone uh, is needed. Because just one example of that line getting so blurry, and we've, we've talked about it on the podcast, we're seeing it in culture at this very moment, is the example of LGBT stuff with kids. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who would want to put adults talking about LGBT stuff with kids in the fool category, uh, they're being very naive <laughs> because if you, if you, even if you mean the best things in the world, if you are taking innocent kids and scripture has quite a lot to say about mm-hmm. that and you are influencing them to this life of destruction that is going to send them to hell, 
you're not a fool anymore. Yeah. Like you're a wolf. And even, you know, Jesus talks about, oh, it would be better for a person who would hurt a kid like that to have a millstone wrapped around their neck and thrown into the ocean. Yeah. Like that's we gotta the be harshest clear. language Jesus is talking have. about execution there. <laughs> right. Jesus is saying it's better for you to be executed than for you to hurt kids. Right. And so you just you think about that in the culture right now. There's a lot of people who started off as a fool, but have quickly progressed to wolf because of where it is leading them. And ignorance is not an excuse for, uh, for hurting kids. Yeah. And we need to understand that it doesn't, th- this category, we, we, of course, we got to use the LGBT that led to us uh, into where we are right now. We have to use that as the example, but it didn't go from zero to transgenderism overnight. Right. It starts with things like egalitarianism. Yeah. It starts with things like um, eradicating gender differences. It starts with things um, like attacking uh, secondary issues inside of the church. And one great example that we talked about earlier is the example of Rick Warren. I've been very, very clear with people. One, one a great influence in my life in the early 2000s uh, was not just the ministry models of Rick Warren, because we've always taken a hybrid approach where it's like we try to seek to, to have really deep theology, but also attractional ministry in a sense. But Rick Warren, I think, was a fool. His sermons were always the category of fool, yeah. I would say, because he was never willing to actually take people into the deeper things of God right. where repentance, um, real church discipline, things of that nature are concerned. But Rick Warren was a fool who was elevated to a position of influence. His foolishness was never dealt with the way that it should have been dealt with. And so you, you, when you see a person like that, they age so poorly. Rick Warren has now graduated from a fool into a wolf to where he's now trying to, because it doesn't make any, when, whenever somebody does something that doesn't make any sense in retirement, you got to understand that it's, it's, it's kind of spiritual warfare. Yeah. Is that Rick Warren is now using his position to attack the faithful Baptist Faith and Message 2000, we hold to this as a church and try to change it um, to erase gender differences. And we already know that Saddleback, his church, has started LGBTQ ministries, not to seek and to point them to repentance, but to tell them, hey, you're accepted just as you are here. And so we have to understand that when stuff like that happens, you take the gloves off and you deal with it like a shepherd. And the fact that you have to call people sometimes like Rick Warren, he has he was not always a false teacher. I'm always very clear with that. But Rick Warren is now, I would classify him as a wolf. And it's because his foolishness was never dealt with by people that should have dealt with it. That's it. And that gets to the heart of this issue here is like you have to have a tone appropriate to the fool so that they don't turn into a wolf. Yeah. And and that's a tough thing to have in a culture um, and I think Christianity has bought into this culture of niceness. Yeah. Where you're nice to absolutely everyone. Well, you're gonna you're gonna nice yourself right off the cliff into gender insanity. Uh, and our culture is really full of people who believe and act on ignorant ideas that do genuinely hurt people. And we have yeah. to deal with that. Yeah. I mean it just thinking back about fool to wolf, we do need to be careful here, I think, because there are a lot of foolish people who have become wolves. And just anyone act and just have this in your mind, anyone actively promoting rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a, that's not a fool. Like, cause they're actively saying you need to defy whether it's God's moral law, his natural revelation, or even just overtly against scripture. Like that's a wolf. Yeah. Um, so you can't just naively put every non-Christian in the fool category. Don't, don't take 
take this to mean that just because someone means well uh, doesn't mean that they're not out there actively advocating um, against the things of God. And so the difference between a wolf and a fool, I think, and this is, goes back to your Rick Warren thing, is often one of influence and authority. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if someone um, doesn't have influence and authority, it's much easier to put them in that fool category. But once they elevate to where they're actually guiding people, promoting mm-hmm. people, influencing people in this direction, you need to go back to our last section, put them in the full yeah. wolf category. And when to understand when you take that influence away, how can you become a fool? And I wanted to make a quick note here that those that are fools, it often starts with just personal sin or with the sin of someone close to them. And I think that is one sign that you are a fool. If your response to being confronted about your personal sin, or if your response to dealing with your personal sin is to always either excuse your sin, blame someone else, or to try to convince people, it's not really sin because of something that's happened in my life, understand that you're being a fool. Understand you're very quickly going to just be in a category Because I think you can act foolishly and not be a fool. But when you act foolishly long enough, you need to be classified as a fool. And I mean that you're not a believer or it even happens this way. And this is what I see happening in a lot of parents' lives. And I think you're well-intentioned, but it goes the same for excusing or placing outside blame for the sin of a friend or a loved one. Where it's like, you know, a loved one is is kind of walking into an alternative lifestyle, which is a sinful lifestyle. And you say, well, and you make excuses for them. Or you say, well, is it really that bad? It's making them happy. Or, or well, they're faithful. They're monogamous with this one person, but it's a, a sinful type of monogamy that God would totally reject. You need to understand that you're walking down the path of becoming a fool. In Proverbs 26 Four and five actually warns against even engaging a fool because it's so pointless that will only sink you yourself to a level of foolishness if you just keep combating the person over and over again. Just because you're not seeking influence doesn't mean you're not causing damage. And I think the book of Proverbs is really helpful on that. So that's right there what you said is where we're trying to carve out this category of fools. Like. Mm -hmm. Not a wolf yet. They don't have influence. They're not seeking it. They're not actively trying to be a leader in, in rebellion, but they're believing such nonsense that that is still hurting people. Mm-hmm. And that is that is a large swath of our culture now. Yeah. So again, to the point of this podcast, we've got to have a tone appropriate to that to help bring these people back from their foolishness, mm-hmm. that they don't become wolves. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, you, you said it, but if we're just always the tone police that are concerned about niceness all the time, we're not doing fools any good. We, we got to have an appropriate tone for foolishness. And that often comes across in this podcast. Yeah. A lot of the podcasts, what we're doing is we're trying to say, beware of this area of foolishness in the culture. And we're going to have a tone appropriate to that warning. Yeah. And let's, let's, let's paint with a broad brush now. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, this is where I think it's going to get a little spicy for some people. <laughs> But one category of fools in our culture, people that are doing damage, but maybe they don't realize the damage that they're doing, is Democrats. Oh, yeah. Democrats are fools. Plenty of Democrats are wolves, all right? A lot of them are in the Senate and Congress. One of them is in the White House right now. They are wolves, and they know that they're hurting people. But all Democrats at some level are fools. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's a pretty big statement, but I think it's pretty easy to back up with just the platform of the Democrat Party in our country Mm -hmm. is a foolish platform that promotes things that will necessarily take you away from faith in Christ. And so to support Democrat politics is to be a fool. Now, there's plenty of Republican fools (laughs) for various other reasons. Mm -hmm. But what we're saying is as a whole in our society, anyone that's going to support um, the overall empowerment of Democrat politicians. We saw this in COVID with their totalitarianism regarding churches. Um, but of course, a lot of other things we see it too. Uh, you, you are in the category of fool at that point. Yeah, I mean, Democrats are no longer, you know, we're the, a liberal democracy. That's not the place that they're in. They're in a progressive religion now yeah. where part of the party platform is now the murder of babies and um, uh, chopping the genitals off of yeah. children. Yeah. And so we need to understand that when you see a party wholesale advocating for both of those yeah. things, you are in a party that's just wolves and fools. There's there's no other category yeah. in them. Yeah, we've we talked about, you know, LGBT stuff with kids that that puts someone in the category of wolf, but there is just a whole swath of people who are just who I would still put in the category of fool, who are just buying woke nonsense in general. Um, you know, they, they will say dumb stuff like, you know, what adults do in the confines of their home, you know, is no business of mine. Even Ted Cruz yeah. recently has right. outed yeah. himself as pretty, a fool pretty obvious. on this Ted issue. Ted Cruz is a fool, man. Right. Uh, when, when, you, when you start talking about, well, consenting adults, like that's not a category where scripture is concerned. Yeah. Uh, and so what a lot yeah. of, of people, especially in politics, and I think even some people inside of the church are concerned, they, they're just they're foolish in the sense that they think that they're going to build a political system in the country that's going to be righteous, but they're going to do it without the law of God. That's impossible. Yeah. And so when you try to advocate for things like that, you are a fool. You need to call evil what it is. And that's what uh, specifically the Democrat Party in, in a church is. And so... Uh, the biggest fool's problem that the church has right now, though, are are evangelical evangelical leaders who are fools. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I was thinking about with this is, um, you, you, we saw that recently, just over the last five years, decade, with social justice, hmm. and this is where a lot of leaders really got tripped up, and, and they were fools at first um, because they they saw an issue in culture, they saw justice that they wanted rectified, and so. They didn't. They lacked understanding. They just. They just looked for any answer they could find, and they l- latched onto the social justice train, which has led them away from Christ because it wasn't a biblical justice. Yeah, and when we, when we've got to be blunt here, we have a lot of fools running around in leadership positions, and it's killing us. Yeah, it's killing discipleship. It's killing the church. It's it's promoting just such a polarization right now between faithfulness and unfaithfulness. And I guess, you know, the, some people would say, oh, no, brother, that, that's a good thing so that you can identify the unfaithful easier. And I would say, no, that's not a good thing because it's also consuming innocent people. Yeah. It's also leading people who should be sheep into being fools and or wolves. Yeah. That's where uh, other evangelicals do get mad at our tone because <laughs> we're going to call out those leaders and say, you know, you, you are pers- pursuing foolish things. Mm-hmm. Like you are you're leading the church down a road that's going to wreck it. It's going to turn you into a wolf if you don't back off. And uh, we have to have a tone of yeah. calling that out. If you're a, like, if you are a leader and your thought, whether when it's between truth and error, your thought isn't, I've got to defend the truth and promote the truth. Your yeah. thought is, how will this be received? Yeah. You are a soft-handed, effeminate coward, and you should not be a leader. 
And by and large, that's what denominational leaders are. They're just soft-handed. They don't work in in evangelical churches. What they do is they're basically public relations specialists. All they care about is marketing. And in that category, you're a fool, and you need to repent of that. So we, And this is where sometimes the podcast may be misunderstood. We're not calling those people wolves, Mm -mm. but they are fools. And that that requires a tone of saying, if you don't stop this, the church is going to suffer. Well, and a fool a can become a wolf. That's the thing. Uh, you know, when when you don't have the spirit guiding you because you're not enduring where the faith is concerned, you're going to become a wolf. And it's it's the job of pastors to expose that type of lunacy. And so, you know, we deal in this approach. We have to understand that I think. Because most people kind of are programmed as pastors, whether it be through their seminary or whether it just be through relationships, that they assume the best. Yeah. You know, they they just have this naivety where leaders are concerned and they're not dealing with it as they should. You need to demand leaders yeah. actually follow and promote the truth in all of these things. Yeah. I mean, a foolish leader doesn't see doctrinal error for what it really is. Yeah. And so, you know, current example right now is the SBC's dance with egalitarianism. Mm-hmm. I mean, we Rick Warren's a wolf because of what he's actively promoting right now. Absolutely. But way too many SBC leaders are being fools in that they're not taking it very seriously. Well, because they their their entire strategy is I need to avoid controversial issues because it's a good strategy for keeping the peace and winning the lost. Yeah. It's not. When you when you do that long enough, you obfuscate the gospel and you make it to where it's not easy to understand. And so what do you get? You get false converts, you get false ideology, and you get an unfaithful church. That's what happened to the Methodists over the years. That's what happened to many Presbyterian denominations over the years, and that's what happened to many Baptist denominations over the years. That's what we need to be honest enough to admit. And, you know, I think a very easy thing for us to say is, how could this keep happening again? Well, because that's what deception looks like. That's yeah. what the enemy is good at. When we don't fight against yeah. spiritual warfare, we open ourselves to being susceptible to falling for it. Yep. We can't be nice about this. Our sheep are going to continue to get hurt. You know, I remember a few years ago when we were at the, the uh, uh, Southern Baptist Convention when it was in Nashville, and the key phrase that J.D. Greer and others kept using is, the world is watching. That really is what a fool would say. Right. Because what you're the most concerned about is what other people think rather than what God thinks. When you're only concerned about what the large audience in front of you thinks, then you're going to fall to the whims of any culture. And we happen to be in a culture that is just aggressively pushing false ideology, demonic influence on the lives of everyone. And when our biggest guide is just the phrase, the world is watching, that's when we know we're being led by absolute fools. Yep. And so we have to have a tone to that that is appropriate. And and that's what we're doing right now. We, we, we're not going to ever combat this foolish attitude of the world is watching. So we need to be careful on how we deal with false mm-hmm. doctrine. We're not going to combat that being nice ourselves. Yeah, because when foolish <laughs> leaders become cowardly leaders, that's the yeah. pathway that yeah. it always takes. That's when you bear the responsibility. That's when you become yeah. a wolf. And, uh, you know, we just have to understand that tone, super important. But sometimes tone has to get pretty harsh on these issues. So that is 
the trajectory. All right. When a foolish leader just keeps being foolish after, and believe me, just to use our current example, everyone in the SBC who's been a foolish leader the last five years, the last 10 years has been warned, has been confronted. Absolutely. And many of them are now quickly on the path to cowardice where they're just not going to listen to the direction they're taking things. And they're turning into cowards who look, and this is me being very charitable. They're not wolves. Because they're not actively trying to lead the church astray, but they're so cowardly in their foolishness that they've just left the gates wide open for the world. Yeah, and that's why James Wood is very clear that those that remain a fool after confrontation and correction, it's almost another category. Yeah, it's almost the fourth one, almost. And and Jesus kind of deals with this because he deals with the Pharisees. He calls them blind guides. Uh, you know, they go from simple-minded to hired hands to where they are blind guides. Is Matthew twenty-three uh, when Jesus does that, and I think that's a good description of the current uh, landscape of evangelical leadership. Yeah. So some fools then become wolves uh, when they start to be peddlers of those lies that they believed, and Absolutely. we you know, we've already talked about it. we've seen that trajectory. Um, that's exactly what happened to Rick Warren. <laughs> yep. And we need to be honest enough to admit that we live in an age of fools and wolves, and the sheep need shepherds who can tell the difference, but tell it publicly and tell it with the right tone. And we have to be able to do that. So that's what we're doing on this podcast. And we do, we want people to know we are attempting as best and we're not perfect, but we want to have an appropriate tone to the topic. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been part two of uh, kind of what we need to do of using different tones for different people in different ways. And we hope that these two podcasts have been helpful for you. Thank you so much for joining us.